Welcome to the Rocket Talents Into the C-Suite Leadership Podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you, the growth marketing and product professional, with real-world discussions, insights, strategies, failures, and leadership tactics with notable growth marketing and product leaders, the most cutting-edge, direct-to-consumer, and high-velocity B2B SaaS businesses. I'm Jonathan Spees, founder and president of Rocket Talents. We're the U.S.'s premier growth and product leadership search firm, focused exclusively on empowering direct-to-consumer and high-velocity B2B SaaS businesses to attract, hire, and retain the top 10% of marketing and product leaders, while transforming the careers and lives of marketing and product professionals. Today, we have a very special guest. It will be a series of events of what it means to really lead as a chief marketing officer during times of adversity. We're going through a very difficult period in America today, and my heart goes out to all of you that have been affected by this virus. Whether you have been sick yourself, have a family member or loved one that has, stay in, shelter, and stay safe. We are being tested in new ways personally and professionally. For the last few weeks and several days, we've spoken to hundreds of clients and marketing leaders across the industry to see where what is happening to get a first glance look. Now, more than ever, is a time where companies need people to rise to the occasion. And so the whole theme of this podcast is what it means to lead, especially during adverse times. We're going to put together a series of podcasts to really help marketing executives product executives get through this time and learn from one another on how they're handling the new corona normal. So it is with pleasure that I bring onto the show Miriam Kendall, the SVP of marketing from MakeSpace. Hi, Miriam. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, thank you. Miriam, you've been with MakeSpace for a few months now. You've been in the, the field for quite some time. You've seen some previous recessions, which is really why I wanted to get you on the show and really like the way you've been really nimble through all of this. So firsthand, would love to, if you could tell us more about your business, specifically at MakeSpace and specifically what you're seeing firsthand, you know, these adverse times. Sure. So MakeSpace is a full service tech enabled storage company. It's kind of like Dropbox for physical storage. And how it works is you make an appointment at makespace.com or you call us on the phone. We come out to you. We pack up your stuff. We take it back to our secure facilities. We take a photo inventory of your items. We upload it to an app. And then when you want your stuff back, you just use the app and we bring it back to you. So it's a very convenient service for kind of the modern world. So kind of uh, updating the antiquated storage business. And while our industry is all about change, where we like to disrupt an old industry, the last few weeks have been more change than I think anybody has ever imagined. So yes, there's just been tons of change. And it's not like on a daily basis. It's like minute by minute. There's no playbook for a global pandemic. So it's really just trying to figure things out day by day with very limited data too, right? So it's very difficult to forecast, to know what's coming up because it's hard to predict with the amount of data that we have. 
so challenging times for sure. But I think like most executives, just taking it day by day and, uh, and doing what best we can for our companies and our industry. Thank you. What's been the biggest challenges so far that you have faced that you can speak about specifically? Sure. Well, one of the challenges I think kind of most obvious for our business was operationally, you know, which markets can we operate in? We have now been designated as an essential business in all 24 of our markets. But for example, in San Francisco, we actually were stopped by the police and questioning us if we had papers to show that we were an essential business. So just figuring out where you can operate and also how to operate. So with social distancing, we sometimes would have three men in a truck. And so obviously they can't be six feet apart from each other. And then serving customers as well. So trying to set the expectations with customers about all of these new procedures. You know, as a marketing executive, it's really important that we communicate with our customers and as well as internally and knowing exactly what to communicate and being clear about that has been a challenge because the message changes all the time and trying to just be up to date on exactly what we're saying and, and how we're saying it. But so far, our customers have been great. Our employees have been great. And I think everybody is very forgiving in times like this, but want to stay ahead of the problem. So it's definitely been a challenge. You mentioned to me when we spoke last week that you actually saw surprises with within the business. Would you be able to speak about that? Sure. So one of the markets that we typically did not really market cater to was the college business. Colleges are difficult for full service storage because of the security from dorm rooms and you know having to reserve freight elevators and things like that. But we saw so many kids like getting displaced from their colleges with very little notice. And so we really wanted to be there for this community. And so we tried to figure out the best ways to get out there and to serve these customers. And in some cases, they had to bring their stuff to the curbside. Other cases, we actually brought trucks up and had them stationed outside of colleges for a better part of a day. In some cases, we just gave them the full service that we normally would give any customer, but just really trying to meet that need. So we actually had a surge in demand for these types of customers in a very down kind of market. So, but I think that's the most important thing that we can do right now is really just like listen to our customers and and figure out where those needs are and then just adapt and cater to those needs. Well, as the podcast is more tailored towards leadership and personally, we, we're all being bombarded with, with news that is not the most positive. You looked at every day Trump's hearings, which is a whole other topic, but talking about potentially 100 to 200,000 deaths, you know, it's more news after news, companies that are really struggling. So as a CMO, what are you doing to keep personally sane? And what tips can you share with others? Yeah, it's been hard, but I think it's also important to pay attention to the news. Like normally I would say, you know, ignore the noise, but the noise is so critical to our customers' lives and to our employees' lives. So I'm actually fine-tuning into that and making sure that I have as much knowledge as I can so that I can be as communicative with our customers and our employees about kind of what's going on. I don't know if it keeps me sane, but it's basically, it's, it's all we can do to best serve our community. 
And on one note, you're staying quite plugged in. What else are you doing personally to, you have your personal health that you're taking care of. You have hundreds of employees that are out there in the field. There's a lot going on, I'm sure, in your mind. What are you doing to make sure that you're bringing your A-game every day? I try to keep a kind of a routine. I'm still like exercising every day, trying to get enough sleep, you know, trying to be mentally and physically in as good a shape as, as possible right now. The other thing is, is setting new routines for my team. So we have like a daily stand-up call so that we're all connected. We're doing, I'm now the point person for COVID-19 for our company. So I'm putting out a weekly report to the whole company about what's going on and what kind of changes we're making. So I think over-communicating right now is very vital. I think staying really, really close with the teams that you're working with, especially since a lot of people are working remotely, super important as well. And then just taking care of our own selves. I think it's really important as we go through this, one, not to get sick, but also just to be as, as productive and, and as sharp as we can at these times. You know, I've talked to a few executives and I've heard across the board a few different things. Some have said, hey, we're seeing the right people step up. Some have said, you know, people that we expected them to step up have been playing the blame game or just totally frazzled. You know, as you mentioned, these are unprecedented times and we've never seen anything like it. I know when this first happened, I think two, three weeks ago, I think it, it was a Sunday and it really started kicking in for me and kind of had a moment. I was with a friend at the park and I'm just like, you know, it was wild. Like, and it was a beautiful day outside. There was people at the park. So what are you seeing across your team, across your leadership team? What is being a strong leader within growth and marketing mean to you? Yeah, so I have been, I'm so blessed to have the team that I do. They're really amazing. They've, they've all been like super productive in this crazy, challenging times. There's some younger people on the team that this is all kind of new and scary for and across the board. I mean, I think not just being young, but I think seasoned executives are scared as well. So it is really interesting to see how people react to this. I mean, my leadership has been fantastic, but I have seen executives across the board that are kind of shell-shocked and they kind of go into pause mode and people who used to like to be thoughtful and analytical about every decision, they just don't have that luxury. So they've really got to step up and be action-oriented. I've been fortunate the companies that I've, I've worked for traditionally have been very fast-paced type companies. So I'm used to this. And so it doesn't bother me. Like I, I like to go fast. I like to do then if, if we have to change and shift and adapt, that's totally fine. But I think people who aren't used to that type of environment, it, it's a struggle. One of the things that I've seen in my own company, which has been really kind of fun to watch, is across the organization, some of the people without leadership titles who've stepped up who've really stepped up to lead their teams and to provide comfort and optimism and just being excellent communicators and just ready for action, ready to go. It's been really amazing to watch some, especially like younger people, really step into action and step into their own kind of leadership skills. Yeah, and I'm sure it gets noticed. My children refer to this as coronacation, <laughs> <laughs> like it's a vacation. <laughs> and I can imagine that there's some companies where, you know, people are working remotely for the first time and they kind of have this attitude where like out of sight, out of mind. And I'm fortunate that I don't have that kind of situation. But at the same time, I like to kind of control it. Like there's things that we're doing specifically to make sure that we don't have people falling off the radar or feeling disconnected. Because I think at this time, 
more than ever, people need to feel part of the mission. They need to feel part of productivity of the company and the, the company's moving forward. So having daily stand-up meetings, doing lots of one-on-ones, like I was talking about with the communications, the weekly communication, just making sure that everybody really feels connected and part of the solution. Let's jump into that a little bit more, if you don't mind. I know that personally, I've ran teams for technology companies, and I've been part, traditionally was mostly going to the office. And about three years ago, when I launched Rocket, we, we made a conscious decision to mostly be virtual and hire everyone remotely. And I thought I had it figured out by using Zoom and hiring hundreds of people in the past that were incredibly successful. And as I was starting to build out my team and train them and et cetera, et cetera, you realize, wow, this remote thing's way harder than it seems. And so I'm curious how MakeSpace has adjusted. Obviously, I'd imagine much better than a company that doesn't use a Zoom or doesn't use any conferencing tools, but it's very different when everyone's, the entire team is working from home. So what have you seen and what guidance can you give? For sure. Well, the first thing I did was at, at the beginning, we thought we were just going to shut down for two weeks. I think everybody thought, oh, well, be a little while and then we'll all be back up and running. But I had a suspicion that it might possibly go longer. So the first thing I did was I made sure that everyone had a place at their home that they could work and be productive. And I found out by kind of asking all the team members that two people on the team didn't even have desks. And I thought, okay, the first thing you need to do is an expensive desk. (laughs) So, I mean, having an environment that you can work in and focus on work and it doesn't feel like necessarily part of your home life kind of separating it out is, I think, really important. Use of video, like you mentioned, I think is really critical. So I've just kind of made it a rule. You can't use the phone if there's a video option. So you must use video. So I think seeing people's faces and staying connected that way is really important. You know, and then the communication techniques that I talked about before, the daily stand-ups for us works very well. I, I think for some people it may not be needed, but but it's been really good for me. And and the other thing that I really encourage my team to do is kind of set a routine, have a start date and a a start time and and a stop time to your day. Take breaks along the day, times where you used to like go up to the water cooler or whatever, just uh, get a cup of coffee or something. I, for one, I get stuck at my desk and and I forget to take breaks and, and stop. So just kind of keeping the balance and then keeping like the jokes and the lightheartedness and, you know, and staying connected with each other, I think is the most important when working remotely. I think one of the biggest challenge I, I personally had in the beginning, especially when I was broke out on my own, was it's one thing to have, always have an employer. But then when you're home yeah. and you're working for yourself, especially if you have a few good months, you forget that you're your own boss and you have to really hold yourself accountable, which is, I found, one of the hardest things to do. You kind of have to find like a mission and purpose or for the first time, I was really scheduling literally every moment of my day. So I don't know if you've ever read the book by Kevin Cross about time management. Highly recommend it. Have you seen some of that, right? Especially with all the noise out there and distractions, maybe some of the younger employees have, have roommates or even have parents that now have kids, their nannies can't come. So there's a lot to that environment of like distractions, Yes, totally. It's funny. I think one of the the biggest 
learnings I've had from this time is getting to know our team members on a more personal level. Like I see their roommates walking by and I see kids and I see pets and, you know, and it's, it's been kind of fun. Like it's been a, a kind of a bonding experience, honestly, to see kind of how people live, which you would never get in a normal environment. But the teams are adjusting really well. I've, I've been very impressed. I was a consultant for many, many years. And so remote work to me, it just comes second nature. Like I'm totally fine with it, but I do recognize that it's new for a lot of people. And I thought it would take more time for them to adjust, but they've, they've been really great. In terms of one of the things I can imagine that comes up is in one regard, you hear studies that being remote, you can be very task oriented and get your heads down, get a lot done. On the other hand, there are so many things moving by the minute, as you mentioned earlier, that you know, there's collaboration and there's like new ideas or pivoting. Have you found that it's harder to get the team involved on that from a remote standpoint, like the new ideas driving that ship with all the changes that are happening? Some things are definitely harder. I think in marketing, there's a lot of creative aspects and kind of reviewing creative online is a little bit more challenging than kind of, you know, walking over someone's computer screen. Collaboration part, some of it is difficult, especially because we tend to be just a very collaborative company in general, but sometimes we're pulling in 20 people. And so it's one thing when you're in a room and you're kind of talking about these things, but when everybody's on video and their little screens are, you know, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of hard to see their facial expressions. And, and mm-hmm. also, you know, some of the things about just, you know, like knowing when to step in, you know, people don't want to interrupt. They're nice people. But at the same time, it's like you, you got to get your point across. And so sometimes you have to jump in. So that's a little bit of a challenge that we face with like the collaboration piece. But it's funny because we are coming up with more and more ideas now than I think we ever have, which is great. And it's it's honestly the way we'll survive is because we keep coming up with these new ideas. But in terms of like prioritization and execution, there's definitely some challenges. But, you know, using shared documents online, like we use Google Docs and whatever works for people. But, you know, having those kind of collaborative tools is definitely helps. Yeah, I found that. Sometimes when you're talking about a document, and I have team members that are actually in the Philippines, and so mm-hmm. sometimes their Google connection, like a few months ago, and the Philippines had that massive volcano eruption. Like, yeah, they've had it. They've had it tough. Like first was the volcano, then there was Corona, but there was like massive outages disrupting a lot. And some of my employees that had like high speed internet, it just was totally not dependable. So we'd be on video calls, and I'd be sharing my screen, and I said, you know, screw it, and I started doing of. Uh, I don't know if you've used the app called Loom. There's a bunch of them, but basically it's a a screen recorder. You just send it to them. It's a link. It makes it so much easier. But yeah, I can only imagine it being a challenge. And and then those little nuances that you mentioned. All right, now we have 20 screens. Can we see their face? There's like the new norm of, should I interrupt to get my point across? So, you know, things you wouldn't even think about that just like happen subconsciously. It's pretty fascinating. On that note, a lot of what we've seen in reports, I look at this as this is a very great opportunity, as sad as what's happening and as humbling as everything that's happening, obviously safety comes first, but we will bounce. What goes up goes down, what goes down goes up. But I think the key differentiator that you look look at in companies is their ability to be nimble and pivot. And so what have you seen throughout your career 
that you feel like is giving you the help al- along this? And what are you guys thinking of next as college moveouts come to a halt? So to your point about the thing is the way the market and the world works is there's always going to be setbacks and some are going to be big and some are going to be little, but you know, just, I tend to be, I think, attracted to companies that are more on the cutting edge, that like to be nimble, that like to to continually change. So actually the type of environment that, that really ignites me, it like really gets me excited. But yeah, I've definitely been through a few, like, you know, 9-11 and, you know, the financial crisis in 2008, 2009. And I think getting through it is just optimism that this is a point in time and that we will get through this. There is a light at the end of the tunnel looking for pockets of opportunities. So instead of focusing all the things that we're losing, for example, for MakeSpace, a lot of our customers are for move outs of people moving from one place to another, they use it. Well, people aren't buying houses like they used to. There's, there's going to be an, a disruption in that market. So we have to look for different parts of the market that might need us more. So we talked about college students. I think that one's kind of wrapping up. But there are also like businesses that are working from places like trying to get out of leases that may need storage. There are companies that have excess inventory right now that's built up that they can't get rid of. So they can use us for that. So talking to those types of customers and then letting them know what we can do for them. And honestly, I've, even adapting our services. So, so making it as easy as we can for them and just continually looking at that. I think, you know, you mentioned it and probably can't say it enough. It's like just being flexible and nimble in what you offer. I think also being creative, like thinking outside of the box, like what does your company have as kind of its core infrastructure that would allow it to meet consumer demand? And then just kind of keeping the pulse on where the consumer is going. I was like, I'm glued to the TV to see what's going on, not just like in the news, but also like socially and culturally, like how are people feeling? What are they into? Where do we think their needs are going to be in the next few months? And even, you know, from a marketing perspective, when is it okay to tell a joke again? I don't know. You know, it's like there's, there's so many sensitivities and the worst thing you can do right now is be tone deaf to what's going on. But at the same time, you know, when things are starting to pick up, starting to show that optimism and the more, maybe a little more lighthearted marketing, like when it's appropriate, but, but just knowing when to pivot. One of the things I was thinking about with my friends is because to some extent, I'm a little bit unaware of it. I don't, I don't have kids. I have a dog. And I remember when I first got the dog, it was the worst two, three months of my life, like zero oh. productivity. It was great. But from a work standpoint, zero productivity. So he's a miniature Australian shepherd, and I actually had to get a bunch of help getting him to be calm while I was at my desk, not seeking attention. And it was like a game changer, right? And so you're seeing companies like pivot on that. And now you have parents that for the first time they're working and they, you know, as we were mentioning, they had their kids at home. And so I was like, if someone could figure out how to be like a virtual, whether it's like a iPad service or a virtual nanny, you know, through Zoom or something like that to like, while this parent is working to not be distracted. And I don't even know if that's feasible depending on the age of the kid and kids needs, the baby's needs. I was like, that would make money. And I'm like, someone's probably already (laughs) thinking about that. So I'm not the demographics. I wouldn't know. And then even like the, the dog trainers that we saw, they're like changing their whole routine. You know, who would have thought like being so nimble as a dog training service, now everything is online and all their training is 
geared towards professionals, how to get your dog to be calm at home. And I'm like, so thank God we dealt with that two years ago. Like I couldn't imagine dealing with that now on top of everything else. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, one last thing is a lot of our audience is specifically kind of in the weeds with the metrics and day-to-day across the acquisition channels. We're hearing a lot of different things as the metrics have kind of, there is no norm for this. Obviously things are always changing, but what are you seeing across channels and in terms of spend? We hear that CPM is cheaper than it's ever been, but conversion rates are harder to come by. Obviously depends on the channel, but historically, what are you seeing Yeah, I do think right now CPMs are really cheap and I think there's pockets of opportunities. I don't know if that that window of opportunity will last long because I know a bunch of people who have been more offline, you know, like offline retailers, events and things like that. They're starting to shift their marketing budgets more online. So I I think while things are cheap now, I, I don't think that window will last. We monitor our numbers very, very closely across all of our channels. I think it's also good in marketing to have up and running a number of different channels so that if you see an opportunity, say, in OTT or, you know, in Facebook or whatever, being able to kind of shift your dollars quickly to take advantage of those pockets of opportunity because they're going to continue to change as we go And it's it's going to require laser focus on everything that we do. And it's not that we weren't doing that anyway. It's just magnified now. And it just, and you know, when things used to shift kind of more week by week, it's now literally, you know, hour by hour. So, so yeah, there's talk of opportunity. Also, you know, looking at things like Google Trends and trying to figure out, you know, what people are, are interested in, what their search intent is and trying to, to get ahead of, of what they're interested in. That's helpful. So any, any last words as we come to a wrap here that you can uh, talk about any inspiration or anything else that you feel like we haven't discussed that you feel like would be helpful to the audience? Yeah, I mean, I think that the main thing that my advice is just really keeping your eye on customers and listening to your customers and, and seeing what they need and, and kind of rising to that demand. I think the companies that are going to do the best in this time are the companies that are solving real customer problems. So just staying in touch with your customers and and trying to adapt as quickly as you can. Great. Thank you. Well, Miriam, it's been a pleasure and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Jonathan. I hope you've enjoyed these marketing and product leader stories as much as I've enjoyed recording them. So thank you for listening today. And if you like what you've heard, please write us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, I look forward to you joining me on the next Into the C-Suite Leadership Rocket Talent podcast.